0: Hello and welcome to Teacher in Zion podcast, a podcast for Christians, Mormons, ex-Mormons and other Book of Mormon believers or anyone questioning their faith or the church with an emphasis on seeking the truth wherever it leads, but especially in gaining a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. This is your host, Doug Hatton, aka Teacher in Zion, and welcome to the podcast Before we get started, since Podbean makes available to me statistics, information like which nation our listeners are downloading the podcast from, I wanted to take a moment to say hello to our new listeners in Chile, Egypt, Nicaragua, and Panama. And since this is the first time I've done this, I would also like to give a shout out to all of you who have been listening here in the United States as well as in Canada, Mexico, the United Kingdom, the Dominican Republic, Mali, and our one listener in Russia. I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you. What a delight it is that through the medium of this podcast, along with our YouTube channel, comments left by subscribers, and emails I have received from listeners like you, that we can communicate with one another from across the world about the Savior and the kingdom of God. May the Spirit of the Lord continue to draw each one of you to the truth, and may we never be content with anything other than a genuine form of Christianity, with all of the signs following those who believe, understanding that it can only come by forsaking the traditions of men and our own wisdom, and stop leaning on or trusting in men but instead come unto christ as the head of his body the church even as a little child with a broken heart and a contrite spirit if we do this then he can make his abode within us and change us from within when i first conceived of doing this podcast I'd hoped to have regular guests on so that we could have lively and interesting discussions, but I couldn't get anyone to say yes at first. So that's how we ended up with this format, where I basically do a monologue. However, several people have recently told me that they would be willing to be guests on the podcast, so hopefully we'll be able to set that up very soon. However, in order to do this, I will need to purchase a service that will allow me to talk with our guests, as well as record, configure, and download high-quality video feeds from multiple locations. This will cost me about $25 a month, but I'm also currently running a very old version of a video editing software from 2014, which I do not personally own the license to. It's good software. But presently, I'm simply borrowing it from somebody. So I will eventually need to get my own copy. In order to get the latest version of the software, which can also render videos in Hive Def, it's going to cost around $300. The good news is, it's a one-time purchase. I'll own it, and I don't need to renew every year. I don't have much in the way of disposable income right now, so I've been putting this off. If the Lord has blessed you with abundance, and... If you're interested in supporting this podcast in a financial way, I would gladly accept whatever amount you can offer for the purchase of either of these programs. It would certainly help alleviate the additional burden on me and my family. So if you are interested in helping, simply email me at teacherinsign at gmail.com and we can figure out a method to receive that gift in a secure manner that you're comfortable with. Having said all that, let's get into episode 26 of this podcast, which is entitled The Politics of Fear. I have observed that people in this world are not only becoming more and more divided, generally speaking, but also more and more fearful as well. Even many Christians have become fearful or angry. Some act like nothing will matter to them because they believe they will be raptured away. And through this means many spread fear in their public ministry as they speak about the last days. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear and faith cannot really exist together. They are diametrically opposed to one another. You will either act in faith or you will act in fear. I learned long ago that fear empowers Satan and his demonic hordes. Fear can lead us to make wrong decisions or act in haste. It can quickly turn a potentially bad situation into a complete and total disaster. The character of Yoda in the Star Wars film The Empire Strikes Back spoke a truth when he told Luke Skywalker that fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. While fear may occasionally lead to repentance, as we see with Laban and Lemuel, fear-motivated repentance seldom lasts very long. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not the end of it. Love is the only motivation that is truly lasting. Even many believers are fearful. When they look at scripture prophecies regarding the last days, they tend to focus on the impending gloom and doom. Often they stop short of where God goes on to tell the prophet, to say to his people, the faithful, that it will be well with them. They fail to properly place an emphasis on where God promises that he will lead his people out from among the wicked, and that he will sustain them and bring them to a place where they can prosper. If fear or anxiety fills your mind, or the mind of loved ones, when discussing what is to come in the near future, they are not abiding in Christ. It's not that all is well in Zion, the opposite. But rather than fear focus, we need to approach every concern through an attitude of faith, the emphasis being on the need to come unto Christ with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. After all, He is God. He is in control. He knows the future, and he has a plan. The hand of the Lord surely moved upon the hand of Charles Dickens when he penned the title of his book, A Tale of Two Cities. As we approach the final hours before the collapse of the kingdoms of men, we have a choice to make between two different cities, or two different cultures, or societies, if you will. One of them being Babylon while the other is called the New Jerusalem. The opening line of Dickens' book is likewise prophetic. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Depending on which city you are a citizen of, your experience will either be the very best or the very worst of times. The Babylonian system stretches across the surface of the whole earth, It sits on the shoreline of many waters, and it is at the intersection of every major traffic route. It operates according to the ways of the world, and the prince of this world. Through it, the world finds its motivation, which is primarily to get gain by playing a game. To participate, you must play that game according to the rules which were established by Satan. And those rules were established to keep us forever distracted and divided. Whether it be sports, or politics, or religion, or culture, or race, or economics, or sexuality, the game divides and distracts us from the truth. It keeps us endlessly fighting. It keeps us from our true destiny in Christ. And here's the nature of that game. Every single problem we face as a civilization has been engineered by the devil and brought to pass through people who are sometimes unwittingly used by him. And for each of those problems, there are always two main solutions that we will be presented with. And in the game, we are baited into arguing, debating, and fighting over which solution is the correct one what people do not understand, and which they have a hard time seeing, even if you point it out to them, is that both of those solutions, almost without exception, were authored by Satan. Each solution proposed will contain just enough truth so that depending on your background or your particular worldview, you will be inclined to pick one side or the other. However, both sides also require that you accept a certain amount of lies so that in attempting to implement those plans in order to try to do good, you will also cause harm to some people. And in the final analysis, neither solution will ever truly resolve the issue, but instead it does poison us against each other. Regardless of which side you choose in this game, you still lose and you effectively declare yourself a citizen of this Babylonian system. The only way out is to stop playing the game altogether. I'm not talking about physically withdrawing from the world and maybe starting a commune somewhere. Jesus told us that we are to be in the world, but not of it. And surely, God would never give us a commandment, except he has prepared a way by which we can keep it. The other city we can choose from is the city of Zion, the New Jerusalem. We become citizens of the Holy City, not by our geographical location, but by our spiritual condition, the condition of our heart and our minds. Only the pure in heart can go up to Zion. And so long as we are playing Satan's games, participating in the distractions of this world, we cannot hope to enter the kingdom of God. In time, all those who are pure in heart, who are true citizens of the kingdom, will be gathered together into holy places, even as those who do not belong will be scattered from those places. Some have already been gathered to appointed places, and some are in the process now, while others will come at a later date. We need not worry about how and when. Those who are left, who have a purpose in serving the Lord in far-flung areas, will be gathered in by the very angels at the appointed time, so long as they remain in the will of the Lord. Those who nurture their relationship with God and remain obedient to His voice will be protected. While it is true that some are appointed to die as a witness, understand that God prepares those who are appointed, and that they likely made the determination to do so willingly in the pre-existence. Unto such, God is merciful, and He will not permit them to suffer any longer than necessary. If you are in a covenant with Christ, your life is in his hands. Let us be content and at peace, knowing that nothing can befall those who walk in the light, except it be the will of God. Those who yearn for the new Jerusalem have a love for the Savior and for their fellow man, even those who would commit evil against them. That kind of love is only possible if we have experienced that mighty change in our heart that Alma talks about. And that love dictates how they act and think. Those who are set free in Christ are free indeed. But to remain free, we must refuse to play the games of Satan, no matter how enticing they may be. The society of Zion operates according to the law of the kingdom, which is the love of God and the love of our fellow man. This is at the very heart of the gospel and the doctrine of Christ, as outlined in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon. Some of you will have trouble believing me, but it is impossible for anyone who desires to be a part of the kingdom of Christ to enter in, but also continue to participate in the games of Satan. It is absolutely essential that we disentangle ourselves from the politics of this world and cease to strive with one another. Turn off the television, I say, and stop watching that 24-hour news cycle. Free yourself of the anger and the frustration and the fear. No man can serve two masters. Either we allow strife to hold any sway in our hearts, or we walk in the peace and the joy of Jesus Christ. We must put away from ourselves, as Isaiah says, the pointing of the finger. We must stop judging one another and laying blame. We must be changed by Christ so that we will have the love of God in our heart for the sinner and weep for all those who are lost. The souls out there who do not know Jesus cannot be saved by argument, debate, and strife. The Holy Spirit told Joseph Smith that contention is of the devil. We were not called to jump into the fray in order to participate in worldly battles, but to be as a city set on a hill. For we know the whole creation groans and travails in pain together, even unto this day. For the earnest hope of the creature is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. The voice of the Holy Spirit revealed to me, under no uncertain terms, that God is grieved by the infiltration of worldly politics into the church. Its strife and contentions are a demonic assault against holiness. It infiltrates the hearts of his people. He didn't just call it a sin. He told me that our politics are an abomination and a filthy stream from which his people are drinking from. We are engaged in battle with one another to contend for an earthly kingdom that God is dismantling. During the experience I had with the Lord regarding this subject, a vision opened before me. In it I saw Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. And he was saying, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, then my disciples would fight. Did you hear that? We must cease our fight over governmental control and stop taking sides in the division designed to bring us down into darkness and captivity. They will never lead to victory, but only to murder and civil war. Hear me. There is a ditch on either side of the straight and narrow path, one on the left and one on the right. Satan doesn't care which one you get into. The only way out of his snare is to stop playing his game. We must stand for what is right, I hear some say. We need to take back this country for God, I hear some of you say. The scriptures are before you. The mark of the beast is coming and Satan is in full control of both sides of the political aisle. Yes, the hand of God was upon the formation of the United States of America, but what most Christians do not understand is that Satan also had his hand in the formation of the government and its various institutions of power. They have been and continue to be very much under the control of Luciferian organizations according to secret combinations. We are being deceived, all of us, because they are very much in control of both sides of almost every conflict, and they control both political parties. The role that God played in the formation of this nation was to ensure that we would have a land of liberty, where we could worship and learn and grow spiritually with a great degree of freedom to do so. But for everything there is a season and it is not a part of God's plan to uphold this nation or its government forever. All of the kingdoms of men must fall and give way to the mountain of the Lord. The time has come we must begin to set aside our notions of civic duty in terms of politics, and instead fully invest in our civic duty toward the kingdom of God. We must begin to do so as if we are nearly out of time, because we are almost out of time. Cease from all your striving, let go of the anger in your heart, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give your heart entirely to Christ. This is required of us, so that we may manifest his kingdom in this world. Understand that the Church, or the Bride of Christ, is supposed to give birth to the kingdom see revelation chapter 12 but we must first be the church or in other words become the tabernacle of god the abode of christ the very dwelling place of god that is what it means to be the body of christ it is not an earthly institution or an organization but all those who are born again a new creature Acting in the interest of Christ alone, according to His will, is impossible to do so unless we lay down our lives and become transformed by His very presence. The Spirit of God is moving among many people, even as I speak these words. I am greatly encouraged by what I see, but I am assured by the Spirit that this is just the beginning. We have seen nothing yet. There is a mighty move of God that is coming, like a tsunami wave it will change everything. The first sign that a tsunami is on its way is that the ocean water begins to quickly recede away from the shoreline. If you see this happening in the physical realm, you should run to the highest ground as quickly as possible. Many of you are seeing that happen right now spiritually. You're seeing the living water receding away from everything that is spiritually dead. Everything that does not glorify God is becoming spiritually bankrupt. The traditional wells from which people used to draw spiritual water are drying up. This is a sign from heaven designed to help awaken all those who are His so that they will begin to realize that there's something wrong with the institutional churches and begin to question those who claim to be in an authority. And God's purpose in doing so is to free us from the traditions of men and the snare of the devil, which are designed to keep us trapped in a cycle that will never bear the fruit needed to establish the new Jerusalem. Jesus is calling to us so that we will listen to his voice, and we will be one flock with one shepherd. As his people awaken to an understanding of many of the problems in the church, we find a certain degree of solace in the fact that we are not alone that there are others who also see the same truths we do. And yet we still remain scattered, and our dominion is small because of the dominion of the whore of Babylon is so great. But the Lord well knows that we are in need of His help, and He asks only that we call upon Him, and turn our eyes upon Him only, and not to men for a solution. In Isaiah 11.11, 11, God promises that he will set his hand a second time to recover his people. I have received a promise of the Holy Spirit to his people that he knows our need and help is on the way. We need to use this time to prepare ourselves to receive his mighty gift. What is coming will greatly encourage and enable his people Many who believed in their heart will nevertheless find themselves astonished when they see these things come to pass. However, we must use this time now to draw ever closer to him and learn to recognize his voice, because along with the genuine move of God, there must also be an opposition, deceptions that wax worse and worse. And the only way to escape them is to know Jesus completely to know his voice and to know his word and to have his spirit within us, guiding us and leading us to all truth. A mighty move of God is on the way and there is nothing the devil can do to stop it. And that is why the enemy is fighting you so hard. He's coming against your mind. For some of you, in your walk with the Lord, you've come to the point where Satan can't get you to go back to your old sins or your old ways. So the only thing the devil can do is try to wear you down, try to steal your peace, try to steal your joy. Trying to keep you from rising up and walking in your full destiny as a child of God. Do not give in to temptation and do not be weary. Look up, for a refreshing is on its way. Even now, if we turn to Christ, he will give us of his living water to drink. He knows the battles that you fight, and help is on the way. Be encouraged. Lift your eyes up to the hills. Your help comes from the Lord, the very one who made heaven and earth. He has a plan. You are a part of that plan. You are precious to him. His love for you has never faded. We have, every one of us, been given the gift of this wilderness experience, that we might purge our hearts of Egypt. God has not led us here to perish, so trust in him. It is his good desire to lead us into the promised land. The angel Gabriel told Mary that her son was to be called Yeshua. That's Joshua in our English Bibles. It was Joshua who led the Israelites into the promised land. Even so, the God of Israel, even Jesus Christ or Yeshua, will lead us to these last days to overcome the enemy and come into our great inheritance. May we, like Joshua and Caleb, not focus on the giants, but focus instead on the fruit that will be ours. And if I haven't totally offended you yet, I hope you will join us for next week's episode. I enjoy receiving emails from our listeners, so if you have questions, comments, or a testimony to tell, email me at teacherinzion at gmail.com Until next time, God bless. Join us for discussion in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hope of Zion or at our YouTube channel, Zion. That's the word teacher, space, and in Zion spelled as one word. My books can be found at Amazon.com forward slash author, forward slash Douglas Hatton. That's H-A-T like a hat on your head. T-E-N like the number of 10. Until next time.